What's going on guys and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging the Gap podcast. Now it's a very special weekend, it is Olympia weekend, I thought it'd be fantastic to cover it um, and by cover it I mean give my thoughts on it after it's all happened, um, not really go along for it. The, way, like, the thing is with these podcast guys is like I want the topics to be meaningful, I want the topics to be real and I don't think it's going to happen if I do these podcasts every single, you know, every other day, twice a week, once a week. So I'm aiming for every two weeks just to get one or two out. Um, and that's just something that I've, that I've kind of like wanted to do to my, uh, do for myself. Um, and the same thing with my, with my YouTube channel is to get like three or four videos out a week. And just loads, loads more content, loads more information and loads more of what's going on. So let's get into it. Wow. Let's go straight into it. Phil Heath. What the fuck? Phil Heath has just been dethroned by Sean Roden. Sean brought it on. Sean came with it. His midsection was flawless. His his front shots were flawless. He beat the champ. He beat Phil Heath in it. Nearly every single front pose may be questionable most muscular, um, but otherwise very, very close. As they turn to the back, it was lights out from the back by Phil Heath, but... It's not, it wasn't like, I could I could conceive one or two of the judges giving it to Sean just because of the flow, the width that he had, his glutes. I don't think we've seen glutes like that since Ronnie Coleman and flip me, it was unbelievable to see from the back. His condition was perfect. We've always said, the, the pundits, the judges, the, the, the pros have always said, if Sean Roden brings it, and he's on and he's full, he's dry, he's hard, he's not holding water, he's peaked perfectly, he wins. Like he wins just from aesthetics. And, and today we saw that. Today I think we saw a shift in bodybuilding. Jeremy Buendia got dethroned. Jeremy fucking Bendia. Oh my God. That guy has had the most unbelievable comeback. Let's, let's, let's step aside away from his arrogance and his, his general annoyingness. Because we do know that, that he does have that. Uh, but oh my god like what he did in 11 12 weeks after that pec tear was simply unbelievable yeah okay muscle memory yeah drugs but the, the work that you need to put in to do that is fucking phenomenal um and to see how he looked i know that he was super watery on stage uh, maybe carb too hard maybe just whatever he did with his drugs wrong because like two three days out he looked unbelievable he looked tight he looked full he looked dry he looked he looked his best ever and he really really did if you if you go back onto his Instagram and check out his like latest photos and latest pictures. Like he looks unbelievable. He looks undeniable. And I think if he had came in, sh in those shapes on stage, he would have, he would have won and he would have got his fifth one and he would have bowed out a champion, five time champion. But for whatever reason that didn't happen, that, that, that didn't go down. And, and, and it shows the importance of, of knowing your body, knowing your coach, managing stress. I'm sure stress had to do it. Imagine coming back after that long. Imagine knowing you've had that pec tear. Imagine knowing that you might not be your best. Even if you think you're your best and you think you look your best, that 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 question is still in your head. And I, and I, I take my hats off to Wendy, the mental battle that he had to go through to get here, and then the mental battle of getting fourth. I can destroy a man. Um, and, I, and I hope it's not the last we'll see of Wendy. I think he'll... I think he'll get destroyed if he goes to the Classic League. He's not got the frame for it. He has a men's physique frame through and through. Um, slightly bigger than men's physique, I would say. But if he pulled it back down a little bit, he would be phenomenal. Um, as he as he was for four years. Um, it just shows the importance of a peak. Brandon Hendrickson looked absolutely phenomenal. 
Um, I really liked his physique this year. I never really liked his physique before. Um, Brandon Flex, I've never been a fan of his body. He came fifth. Um, and then Raymond, the big tall guy, Raymond. I mean, doing it for the tall guys, I love his physique, but he's never going to be, he's never going to win. He hasn't got that fullness up top. He can't get that fullness up top that these shorter guys have. Um, and then third, Ryan Terry. Ryan Terry, like this, I, th- I feel like now that Jeremy Buendia has been taking off the top, um, I feel like this opens the window to the smaller physique and I think because he was number one four years in a row from the very very start of men's physique so the very first men's physique that they ever had Jeremy Buendia won and he's won every single one until this year and I think they just like because he was the standard he kept getting bigger he kept getting bigger everyone else kept getting bigger but not as big as him and I think it was pretty difficult to, to knock him off the top shot as, as soon as he came in lean dry hard and you see them side by side he he, he did look like unbelievable and I think now that they've managed to, I wouldn't say that they've managed to whittle him off off the top spot, but now that he's dropped from that top spot, it, it really opens the door to a smaller men's physique, physique, um, which is great, which is great for me, <laughs> trying to beat a men's physique pro. It's great for Ryan Terry, who's just got that smaller frame. Um, I don't know whether he just doesn't push the drugs as hard or he doesn't, he doesn't really change that much year to year. Like he, for me, he looks pretty similar. The only thing that he... Um, the only thing that's different might be his like condition like maybe he was less conditioned last year he was more conditioned into this year but he's never much bigger he's pretty much that size the whole time but fantastic that he got that he got third place amazing for Ryan Terry uh, the best midsection ever his posing's a bit dead not gonna lie um, his posing's not as good as those top guys but if he if he did that I'm sure he could get a little bit further up um, to second or even even first maybe one day now that the doors open. Um, which is awesome, which is awesome. Classic, let's do it. Brion, um, too good from the back. Just his conditioning was just the best. He, he had the best conditioning in the classic league. Uh, there might have been one or two other guys, but they didn't have the genetics. But he had the best, the best conditioning on the day. Seabum was way off. I, um, I feel like he went keto. What he went keto like four weeks out. I assume because he wasn't getting lean enough and he wasn't going to be lean enough. And I feel like him and his coach probably shit themselves and thought we need to do something here. But if you go keto for four, four, four weeks, three weeks, and then you want to try load carbohydrates, you don't know how your body's going to react. You might need to load more fats, um, less water, all this kind of stuff. You know, it's very, very complicated at the higher levels in terms of macronutrients and let alone adding in drugs, salt, water. Um, so something definitely went wrong there, but he definitely took second for me. Just from genetics, he looks fucking awesome. He needs more in the back. He needs more in the back. He needs. Uh, he's got bodybuilder for me. He's got bodybuilder legs. Like from the back, he's got very bodybuilder legs. He's got very bodybuilder poses from the back. But obviously from the front, he's just uber classic. Um, but to compete with the top, he needs way more thickness up top. He needs more thickness in the back. Um, maybe a little bit more in, in the glutes, but that will come with condition. Um, but I genuinely believe like that top, I think he only lost by one point actually. And considering he's not in shape, that must fucking kill him. Cause he knows that if he was in shape that he would, that he would have, he would have not, maybe not broken off that top spot. Oh. Uh, two on two. Um, actually no, let's just go to third place. Uh, George, I, can't remember, I think his name's George the third. Actually, he looked very good. Very, very conditioned. A bit more bolder, bodybuilder esque. Um, but I think those top two, Brion and, and, and Seabum, are just way ahead of everyone. I think they're way ahead of everyone in terms of genetics, size, fullness, density, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Brion, well-deserved. Um, I, I personally prefer, like, he can't vacuum, so I don't think he should be first. But 
Personally, I prefer Seabum, but but on the day, if I was a judge, I'd, I'd give it to Brion as well, um, just because of the lack of conditioning, maybe a little bit of water that Chris was holding. He didn't didn't pop like last year. He killed it last year, um, but he didn't do that this year. So next year, maybe it'll be Seabum's Seabum's world. The two one two. I only need to mention one person, Flex Lewis. Fuck me, that was probably his best Olympia look. Oh my god, to do that after seven years, you know we've we the the industry has as as begged to get that 2013 14 15 Phil Heath back because that was the best version that we ever saw of him and we've just not seen it like he's been unable to bring that best package ever Phil Heath has not been his best for four or five years and that is a testament to how good he really is because he's still been spanking everyone he's been spanking everyone literally spanking everyone until this year where he lost and got dethroned so hats off and testament to Flex Lewis to to come in his best shape ever. Um, he's still fairly young and, and he's got time and and I, he I've heard he might be going into the open. I, f- I hope to God he's get going into the open. Um, it'd be amazing to see him. He is awesome all round and he never comes out of shape. He never comes out of shape and and he would be he would be right up in that top top five or six straight away and it'd be unbelievable to see him without a weight restriction of 212 which i know that he digs hard hard to get into you see it every year sunk and sunk and cheeks he has to pull off muscle pull off muscle his body just wants to grow so now now we finally can grow so uh is is pretty is a very i think it's a very transcending Olympia. Phil Heath's gut got marked down. He had to bring it for the night show. He had a bit of water. He didn't bring it. And and I think and I think it shows that the judging has been sorted out. The politics has been sorted out. Um and I think I think honestly this was probably one of the best Olympias I've ever seen in terms of judging and and, and hats off to everyone who runs it IFBB. I know they've had problems over the years. I know they've had restructures. I know that they've They've been trying to get this judging sorted, and and to be honest, I'll take it. Like I think it was, I think it was pretty well judged. I don't even need to mention third place in the open um, or anyone, anyone else. I don't even like. I don't. No one else is close to these top guys that we're talking about here. Um, I think it's a testament to them. But I don't know. I'd love to know your guys' thoughts. I literally just wanted to talk about it. I know this is a hot topic right now. Um, drop me a DM, comment on my posts. I've I've been putting up some posts about the uh, the Olympia as we go, and it's been been great like i've been i've been glued to my laptop watching it uh, i will actually add this on iherb.com forward slash olympia fuck yourselves it was the worst coverage of olympia if you want this sport to grow get someone you could even just get one of the influencers to do it because they're more than happy to do it i i know that nick's strength and power or whatever is it youtube said uh, youtube name is he said that he would go there himself set up all of his cameras and stream it himself for his channel like these people would do it for free and yet they're just given in to the person who's paying the most iherb.com i went on there and it was the worst website you've ever seen i wouldn't buy off anything i wouldn't buy anything off it and i can't believe that anyone did buy anything off it because of the, the olympia so i hope to god they sort it out one year because this sport will not grow otherwise you will not get will not get the attention that it deserves um, and these people who are sacrificing their lives will not get the rewards that they deserve so I heard if you listen to this, we should definitely not go fuck yourselves. Um, let's get a petition on to, to get someone to do it properly. I think that's pretty much everything I need to say about Olympia, other than 
I think this is fantastic. Like, Sean Roden has always had the physique over Phil. He's just never brought the condition and the fullness and the density that he has now. So I think this is an amazing direction that bodybuilding is taken in terms of aesthetics, moving away from that big bubble gut bonanza. Um, and the same for men's physique. Like, that's that's my jam, guys. The men's physique is my jam. Like, that's the one that I looked up to always. Um, and, it, and it makes it, uh, it really actually sets a fire in my stomach. And I just said to one of my friends on the phone earlier, and I'm going to say it here first, guys. If I, if I feel like if I take the drugs that these guys do and I have my work ethic that I have, I feel like I could win an Olympia if Brandon Hendrickson's going to win. And now that might sound very, very arrogant and that might sound uh, very premature because I've still got years and years to build even if I start taking drugs, um, start taking steroids. But I'm being serious, guys. I'm being very, very serious when I say this. This really set a fire in my stomach thinking I could do this because I know Ryan Terry's got the best midsection in the world, but I'm not joking. Like, I feel like I match him up top now. Like I literally feel like I match him up top now and I'm natural. And I know that he's probably not, you know, and if he is, then fucking fair play. But I seriously doubt that he is, you know, and I know uh, he's got the midsection and all, but you know, that's not that's something we can work on. And this might sound super unrealistic right now that I'm saying this stuff to you because I'm not even, I'm not even probably going to compete in that kind of thing next year, but it really puts that thing in my head. And then, and, and I just wanted to say that. The next thing I wanted to talk about, guys, is Elon Musk. Now, Elon Musk went on the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm sure, I'm sure most people listening to this have probably heard about it. They've seen the memes of him smoking that blunt, um, and they've they've just heard about it all. Um, and that podcast has got like 14 million views, 15 million views now, which is unbelievable. But what really pissed me off is how he got so much shit for doing that, for smoking that blunt, so much shit, for just, for just like, he didn't even inhale it for one, like, real weed smokers out there, real smokers in general know how you toke, like, you breathe it into your lungs afterwards, you don't breathe it into your mouth and blow it out, so he didn't even toke it, he didn't even get high, he said he didn't feel it, and then his stocks dropped like 4%, bearing in mind this is Tesla, which is hundreds of millions when that happens, I thought it was very, very ridiculous, and, and even more ridiculously, we got an insight into one of the greatest minds that has ever walked this earth. We got an insight into someone whose brain does not switch off. We got an insight into someone whose brain is unique and can solve world problems like that in his sleep because that's what he thinks about the entire time and it was quite it was quite damning actually watching him talk about himself and talk about how his mind works. He looked quite scared and frightened to be honest when I saw it and he looked quite afraid for anyone to think that they wanted to be Elon he goes I don't think anyone wants to be Elon if you guys understood what goes on in my head 24 7 he said he said that his brain never switches off it's like a constant explosion happening 24 7 that's fucking scary guys can you imagine not being able to switch off can you imagine just going 100 miles per hour the entire time you would be tired and he looked tired it was very very scary to see this guy's like hollow eyes talk about him his brain and how it works but on the other hand i also think it was amazing that he understood that he had this gift and he understood that he needed to give back and the message that he did bring as weird as it was to hear because he talks like a robot and he sounds like a bit like a robot um the message was fucking beautiful and 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 i hate that the whole message and his beautiful mind and his unbelievable intellect 
got stripped away because he smoked a blunt. Fuck off, you twats. If you're one of those people who's like, oh my God, Elon smoked this, smoked that. No, listen to the podcast. Listen to the topics that he talked about. Listen to the beauty in his fucking voice when he's talking about solving these world problems and, and helping billions of people and helping the future, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. It's unbelievable. And when he talks about fossil fuels and he gets emotional about it, you don't think people like that can get emotional. It's just, it's, it was quite touching to see someone so, so much higher in brain power than us feel the same things that we feel, you know, like it's, it's real. We're all the same. We are all human. We are all together. We should always be in each other's minds and, and, and the combination of being selfish and, and selfless has to be balanced and, and all of that becomes part of the same thing. God, that was a little bit of a rant about Elon Musk. Um, and like a little bit on like selflessness and, and, and selfishness. I think this is how we need to balance our lives. Like I think the entirety of our lives needs to be a balance of selflessness and selfishness. Why? Because you need to be selfish. It is your life. You have one life. You will die. You will cease to exist on this planet. Do not go through this life being told you can't do this, you can't do that, unless you're unless it's crazy shit like you can't murder people. Okay, of course you can't murder people, <laughs> but don't let people say you can't go for that job role, that fucking thing here and that fucking thing here. And and even if it's going to affect some people, and it might affect people very very close to you. For example, it might affect your parents because your parents might have an old school mindset. Your parents might have a completely different mindset. They grew up in a different time, a different world that they don't understand what kind of life they're in now in terms of social media technology, all these different jobs. Um, don't be afraid who you're going to upset, you know, because the real ones will come back to you. The real ones will accept you. Um, as long as you're not doing anything morally wrong, the real ones will accept you. So balancing that selfishness for your life has to be balanced with that selflessness for their lives um, and selflessness for me is just about being there for someone um, understanding other people's like being empathetic with other people like empathy is the key to selflessness as long as you are empathetic and you understand or you can try and understand the situation that people are in you can be as selfless, self selfish as you want like as long as that selfishness is not um, it's not grating on someone else's life and not bringing someone else's life down. Do what the fuck you want, you know? And I think that's what Elon is really standing for. He's like, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm sacrificing relationships. I'm sacrificing, um, just, he, I can't even imagine how much he's sacrificing to be where he is and do what he's doing. You know, he doesn't do anything else but work and try to help people. Um, so I think, I think, I don't know, that, that was just something that came up into my head when I was listening to that. And I was like, fuck me, this guy has to be very, very selfish to do what he wants. But he's very, very selfish in being selfless. You know, it, it's crazy. Like, his entire life, I imagine he's probably got no relationship with his, I don't know if he's got brothers or sisters or his parents or his friends. I bet he's got very little friends. It's very, very selfish, like life that he's leading because it's all about him his tesla his 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 company's this his world change but then actually in what he's doing is very very selfless 
And it's quite crazy because I, I, I try to apply that to myself and I feel like what I do is very, very selfish. Like I bodybuild um, and one thing my girlfriend is an absolute saint with is my bodybuilding and when it comes to like the last piece of food in the fridge, like I get it because it's bodybuilding, you know, that is crazy. That is crazy. Um, and you might think that's proper weird. It is quite weird. Um, but that's what it is. Like uh, my, my journey is selfish in what I'm doing, but the goal is selfless. I'm trying to gain as much attention, as much eyes as I can to try and help people and as many ears as I can that will, that I can touch with maybe what I'm saying and, and I can help them, in bad places and I can help them get out of bad places and you know and and maybe that's not for me to proclaim that I can do but that is in fact an indirect thing of what happens in in what I'm doing you know I I put out this information I put out what I'm doing to improve myself and my mentality just about me I'm really just describing what I'm doing and in turn that helps people and 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 that's a beautiful thing and and I'm thankful to be in this position and I just want this position to grow and I want this position to get stronger over time and I want my help to get stronger over time and my my empathy and my my selflessness to get more over time alongside my selfishness. Uh, I hope that makes sense. It's a, they're very, obviously very contrasting things, but I hope, that, I hope I explained it well enough for you guys to understand how I just want to balance selfishness and selflessness because it's my life. I want to enjoy it. I want to have a good fucking ride because there's only one ride. Like I want to enjoy that ride. Um, but I want to, I want everyone else's ride to be fucking good as well. So that's, that's, that is, uh, that's, that's a big thing that I took from Elon's thing is like, he's enjoying his ride cause he has to, like he's doing his thing. He's doing the craziest things you could possibly conceive. Um, but the, but the big picture is there for, for selfless, selflessness reasons. And that's, that's, that's beautiful to see. I've got two more things that I want to just go over before this podcast ends. The first thing is about me and what I'm doing next year. Um, and the next one, and the final one will be story time because the last time, last story time went down well. I don't know how well this one will go down because last story was, was fucking crazy. If you haven't heard it, head back to the last podcast and you can hear how I got attacked by Aston Villa with my dad at a football game. I was 14. It was mental. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about next year and I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like my direction has been lost. This is taking a very very turn for the worst. Now, my direction has been lost. I don't know what competitions to do. And not knowing what competitions to do. Like, last year, I knew what competition I was doing. I knew I was doing UK BFF and I knew I wanted to win the finals. I knew I wanted to get a pro card, um, an IFBB pro card. Now, the IFBB pro card is almost almost i don't know almost unreachable naturally um because they have changed the criteria to be a you have to be a pro standard to get a pro card which i completely agree with completely agree with however it was different last year you had to be smaller um and then you could get bigger which probably put me in a better position because i'm natural um and i can't get to the size that these guys are getting without drugs um so it had me in a better position and they've kind of changed that for the right, for the right, I completely agree. Um, but it kind of puts me in a pickle because I wanted to be IFBB pro naturally. Now I don't know if it's possible, but I'm not willing to take the drugs this year. Um, I want to compete one more year naturally and then maybe introduce the drugs. Um, so I'm a bit at loss as what I want to do. I definitely want to do, I wanted to do classic, but I'm not going to be big enough for the unnatural classic because they don't have natural classic. Um, I don't really like bodybuilding that much. Like I love bodybuilding, the sport. I don't really like the big bodybuilding poses. I don't want to be as big as possible, as dry, grainy, like 
I don't mind being dry and grainy and all that kind of stuff, but I don't, my goal isn't to be a big bodybuilder. That has never been the goal. I've always wanted to be flow aesthetics, which I think men's physique brought. Um, <clears throat> I could do natural physique again. Sorry. I could do natural physique for the first time. So that's in my head. Um, I'd love it if they did natural classic. They don't. So I'm tempted to do bodybuilding, but just pose classically, um, natural bodybuilding, but just pose classically. Um, depending how big I get, I wanted to try the IFBB Pro Qualifier, which is the Two Bros Pro. Um, but I don't think I'll be big enough. But it'd be interesting just to see where I stack up. And yeah, like that's just I have my I don't really know. I don't really know, and it's something I need to work out because kind of I'm training. I'm obviously training the same just to, to win whatever I'm doing. I'm training as hard as I can. I'm recovering as hard as I can. But I think if I just knew what I was doing. It might help even a percent, even two percent, whatever it is. I think it might help. So I need to really just, I'm really struggling and I'm, and I, I just wanted to be real with you guys. I wanted you guys to have a step inside my mind and, and just know that I'm struggling as well. Like I really don't know what I'm, I'm doing. I know there's bigger problems in the world, by the way, before you comment. <laughs> this is just my problem right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do and I, and I need direction and, and I'm struggling. I'm struggling. So if you guys have any help or any idea, drop me an email, drop me a message, and I'll have a little look-see. Finally, guys, I want to tell you about the time that me and my friend Shabab had possibly, this is possibly the scariest moment of my life. I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether I should be saying this on a podcast, but here it goes. So those of you who follow me probably know I like to partake in cannabis, um, the consumption of cannabis, the smoking, the whatever you want to call it. So we naturally went on a trip to Amsterdam, me and him. I broke down my car. I crashed my car like three days before we were supposed to go. Everything was booked. Like we were supposed to drive there. Um, That's why, by the way, we were supposed to drive there. I crashed my car. I I was livid, but I still really wanted to go. So what happened... My friend Desti, he lent, me, he lent me his car. I got insured on his car for like two and a half days, the two and a half days that we were there. Went to Amsterdam, had a great time. Obviously, when you go to Amsterdam, you want to bring something back. So what did we do? We brought a load back, probably like a couple hundred pounds worth. Um, we're thinking, where should we put it? Oh, we'll just leave it in the bags. So that way, if we do get caught at the border, we can just be like, oh, we just forgot it was in there. No, we didn't do that. We cracked a fucking side panel on the door and put it in there and thought we were really clever and really smart because they're probably not going to check us anyway because no one checked us on the way out. That was the weekend of the Paris attacks. Um, obviously, we were driving back to France and went to Calais and every single car got stopped and dog searched and sniffer searched. This was possibly the scariest moment of my life when I pulled up to this big hangar and we got told, can you just pull to the right, please? We're going to search a car. Um, We were third in line. I remember it. And we had to wait about 15, 20 minutes to get our car searched. And me and him were probably silent for 10 of those minutes, shitting ourselves. I could hear his heartbeat. He could hear mine. And we looked at each other um, and I said, I can't open this door. I can't crack the panel and just throw it on the floor. Like if I open the door, they're going to see me. I can't leave the car. Like what am I going to do? And we just looked at each other and we said, this is it. We can't do anything. We got called up next. He looked at me. I looked at him. 
we fist bumped each we we fist bumped each other we literally fist bumped each other and said this is it we're gonna be drug smugglers like because we're not we're like not leaving it in our bag and forgetting you know like if you leave it in your bag and you forget okay they might be a little bit of leeway it's only a little bit of weed they're probably gonna be fine but we had 20 grams plus stashed in the panel of the car like we were international drug smugglers at this point so we get pulled in guy says pull up turn your engine off step out the car passenger you can stay there he goes have you got anything in your car have you got any money drugs weapons i'm kind of glad that he said drugs second so i could kind of just say no because i could kind of convince myself i was saying no to weapons if he had said it drugs and looked me in the eyes i would have been like yes (laughs) thank god he didn't do that so i just sit down calm I'm not calm. My heart is going 100,000 miles per hour, but, you know, I'm sweating my palms off. But I'm not letting them see that. This boisterous motherfucking dog comes around. Um, okay, I want to visualize where this is. This is in the front right panel, so right by the front right tire. He starts at the front left and goes around the back, so the last place he would search would be the front right. So he goes to the left, the left tire, goes to the back left tire. He tells me to open the boot, and as I'm walking over to the boot, I'm thinking, fuck, I've got my grinder in there. And that's going to stink a week. Like, I'm about to get caught right now. And they're going to search the whole car. I open the boot. The dog jumps in the boot, sniffs around, jumps out the boot. I close the boot. This was where the first slimmer of hope came in. And my God, it was a good feeling. I felt, I felt a crisp, cool air go down my back and thinking, I might get away with this right now. Dog goes around to the back right tire. Nothing. Dog's coming up to the front right tire. I'm seizing up. I'm squeezing my toes. I'm squeezing my hands together. I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. He goes to the front tire, goes away, then comes back to the front tire. And I think, this is it. It's fucked. We're done. He then goes away again. And the the guy who's got the dog on the lead flicks his, flicks his fingers next to the tire and says no no sniff again sniff again the dog sniffs again and i'm like this is it shabab's looking at me i'm like this is it and the dog walks away and he says thank you sir get in your car you can walk away now oh my god we got i got back in the car i drove off and we did not look at each other we did not look in the rearview mirror we did not say anything for at least five minutes six minutes if any of you guys have been to cali there's a mcdonald's on the other side I pulled over there, I looked at him, he looked at me, and the smile that you can hear on my face right now is exactly what I gave him, and we start screaming and going, yes, fucking come on, <laughs> oh my god, that was the scariest moment of my life, I think, and, and to be in it with him, and to get out of it with him was fucking crazy, so, probably shouldn't have said that on, on, on podcast, but whatever going to live once and all i hope you guys enjoyed that story um i did not enjoy being in it i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast all round. thank you guys for tuning in i love you lots more coming peace and love see you soon bye-bye